0: As Allied Signals CEO Lawrence Bossidy said recently, the day when you could yell and scream and beat people into good performance is over. Today you have to appeal to them by helping them see how they can get from here to there, by establishing some credibility, and by giving them some reason and help to get there. Do all these things and they'll knock down doors. In essence, he is describing persuasion, now more than ever, the language of business leadership. Think for a moment of your definition of persuasion. If you're like most business people I've encountered, you see persuasion as a relatively straightforward process. First, you strongly state your position. Second, you outline the supporting arguments, followed by a highly assertive data-based exposition. Finally, you enter the deal-making stage and work toward a close. In other words, you use logic, persistence, and personal enthusiasm to get others to buy a good idea. The reality is that following this process is one surefire way to fail at persuasion. What then constitutes effective persuasion? If persuasion is a learning and negotiating process, then in the most general terms, it involves phases of delivery, preparation, and dialogue. Getting ready to persuade colleagues can take weeks or months of planning as you learn about your audience and the position you intend to argue. Before they even start to talk, effective persuaders have considered their positions from every angle. What investments in time and money will my position require from others? Is my supporting evidence weak in any way? Are there alternative positions I need to examine? Dialogue happens before and during the persuasion process. Before the process begins, effective persuaders use dialogue to learn more about their audience's opinions, concerns, and perspectives. During the process, dialogue continues to be a form of learning, but it is also the beginning of the negotiation stage. You invite people to discuss, even debate, the merits of your position, and then to offer honest feedback and suggest alternative solutions. It may sound like a slow way to achieve your goal, but effective persuasion is about testing and revising areas in concert with your colleagues' concerns and needs. In fact, the best persuaders not only listen to others, but also incorporate their perspectives into a shared solution. Persuasion, in other words, often involves, indeed, demands, compromise. Perhaps that is why the most effective persuaders seem to share a common trait. They are open-minded, never dogmatic. They enter the persuasion process prepared to adjust their viewpoints and incorporate others' ideas. That approach to persuasion is, interestingly, highly persuasive in itself. When colleagues see that a persuader is eager to hear their views and willing to make changes in response to their needs and concerns, they respond very positively. They trust the persuader more and listen more attentively. They don't fear being bowled over or manipulated. They see the persuader as flexible and are thus more willing to make sacrifices themselves. Because that is such a powerful dynamic, good persuaders often enter the persuasion process with judicious compromises already prepared. Effective persuasion involves four distinct and essential steps. First, effective persuaders establish credibility. Second, they frame their goals in a way that identifies common ground with those they intend to persuade. Third, they reinforce their positions using vivid language and compelling evidence. And fourth, they connect emotionally with their audience. As one of the most effective executives in our research commented, the most valuable lesson I've learned, he says, about persuasion over the years is that there's just as much strategy in how you present your position as in the position itself. In fact, I'd say the strategy of presentation is the most critical. The first hurdle persuaders must overcome is their own credibility. Credibility. A persuader can't advocate a new or contrarian position without having people wonder, can we trust this individual's perspectives and opinions? Well, such a reaction is understandable. After all, allowing oneself to be persuaded is risky because any new initiative demands a commitment of time and resources. Yet even though persuaders must have high credibility, our research strongly suggests that most managers overestimate their own credibility considerably. In the workplace, credibility grows out of two sources, expertise expertise and relationships. People are considered to have high levels of expertise if they have a history of sound judgment or have proven themselves knowledgeable and well-informed about their proposals. For example, in proposing a new product idea, an effective persuader would need to be perceived as possessing a thorough understanding of the product, its specifications, target markets, customers, and competing products. A history of prior successes would further strengthen the persuaders' perceived expertise. One extremely successful executive in our research had a track record of 14 years of devising highly effective advertising campaigns. Well, not surprisingly, he had an easy time winning colleagues over to his position. Another manager had a track record of...